Hello and welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ed Sylvester. And my name is Samuel Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. Sam, where can the people find us? Well, the people can find us at ooh, Starter Set Show on Twitter, Starter Set Podcast on Instagram, Starter Set Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we're everywhere you can get podcasts now. And uh, first, a shout out, thank you to all our patient listeners who bared with us, bore with us, bared with us, bill with us, uh, last week when we took the Halloween off. So thank you for that. And we are back officially. And I'm rambling. Ed, do you want to tell the good people what we're doing today? Okay, lovely stuff. So as uh, you've obviously recognized, because I know everybody who's listened to this episode has listened to the previous three. If you haven't, go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are doing Enchanter's Corner, where we're taking a class and we are building a magical item for that class and giving you the lore around said item. This week, we are doing druids, and you can find out about druids, about what they are, how you play them, how you build a character, uh, episode 19. So go back and listen to that, and we'll wait for you here while you have... Three, two, one. Time is irrelevant. (laughs) This is a recording. Okay, Ed, (laughs) you kind of blew me out the water a week or so ago. Um... You made my magic footstool look frankly ridiculous. Have you come to play, Sam? Is that what you're saying? I might. Well, we'll let the, we'll let the people decide. All right. No, that's fair. Um, so <laughs> is it my turn to draw first blood? I think it is. I believe it is because I got footstooled. You did get footstooled. All right. Footstool. No, it's fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. <coughs> Hit me, buddy. <laughs> Just doing my vocal warm-ups. <coughs> We're going to cut that out, or we're going to leave it in for the people? Leave that in, leave that in for people. Should you one day find yourself within the Feywild, and somehow you manage to charm, trick, or fight your way past the courts of the Seelie and the Unseelie, the true manifestations of the seasons themselves, you may find yourselves in the gloaming crag, navigating treacherous gullies and falsifying foothills. You may come to a seat of a true Fey Lord, who has carved his own area of this ever-changing place. His name, the Bear King. Mm. A creature of impressive stature, he sits on his throne, one hammer in hand and in the other a pot of exquisite honey. His peoples find sanctuary and safety in his halls. Bear folk, bears, and all manner of ursine beings. Any party of adventurers would notice the lazy and lackadaisical feelings surrounding the place, with the air thick with fallen, fallen? Not a word. Thick with pollen, and the sticky smell of fresh honey. For the Bear King commands an impressive array of giant honeybees in the acres of his orchards. Ooh. Exactly. And that, that sound, as you've just heard, permeates the air continually. So... Here we join a small adventuring band, a bard, a rogue, and a druid who have made their way to this place after a wayward wizard's plane shift spell ejected them out into the sleeping quarters of a local honey badger populace, who, after some very tense apologies and a lot of persuading from the bard, took the party to the Bear King 
tasked with oh sorry who tasked the party as a way of penance for their rude interruption of an otherwise excellent nap to rid his lands of a current thorn in his paw something hmm. is breaking into my hives and stealing my honey I've posted guards put either being distracted by the food of the honey or I want you to guard my bees and watch the hives. Sounds like this is going to be a sweet gig, chimed Bard, extremely pleased with such an obvious pun. The <laughs> druid, an older human man, bends low, his dreadlocked hair almost touching the floor. We will guard your stores and stop the thieves, my lord. So the rest of the afternoon passes with the bears and the group enjoying the fruits of the bees' labor, with honey spread thick over doorstop slices of bread, till eventually evening de descends and the bear king motions them towards the hive. Watch my hives and protect them. The party make their way deeper into the hives, the rogue jumping up to the top and to keep watch. Over there, I saw something. She gestures to a hive close to... A hundred feet or so away. The party take off at a dash towards said hive, with the bard rounding a corner to discover a group of four fawns giggling to themselves as they haul buckets of honey out of the hive. Tee hee tee hee, they seem to say. They do. I can take two of them before they would even know what hit them, hissed the rogue, drawing her bow. Hold on. I think I may have a better idea. You can create illusions, can't you? asks the druid of the bard. Oh, yes, very much so. Okay, combine that with what I have planned, and we should be able to pull this off without any undue violence. Moments later, the sky lights up with a moonlight casting down onto the ground, and the fawns stop their giggling and turn to witness as the Bear King himself, bathed in righteous moonlight, the ground burning where his feet touch, swinging his hammer and roaring, Leave my lands! Should you ever return, I'll pull out your beards and shave you! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> oh, I know. <clears throat> Suffice to say, the last fawn was out of eyesight before his bucket hit the ground. And sure enough, the hives remained undisturbed for the rest of the night. Come morning, the party present their findings and their solution to the Bear King, who is more than pleased by the solution offered. Should you have fought those bees, oh sorry, should you have fought those fawns, the bees would have been off their honey production for weeks. Thank you for not spilling blood in my gardens. Here, as a token of my gratitude, take this. Should you find yourself in need of healing, these friends should help. It might hurt at first, but I promise it'll close up any wound. And he passes a small yellow and black striped bag with a thick golden drawstring and a small token at the end. Thanks. You are always welcome in my hall. So, <clears throat> that's the law. That's is, the bag is, of bees. That's the bag of bees. And <clears throat> the item is, as Sam has correctly said, the bag of bees. Now, what this does is, as a bonus action on your turn, you can open the bag of bees. Right? It has to be attuned to from the druid. Um, and... You roll 5d4, and you take 5d4 damage. Oh. Immediately after, you roll 5d8 and heal that damage. 
Oh, yeah, what this symbolizes is you've got a load of wounds, right? You're all cut up, you're all you're bleeding out of everything. Up come the bees. They mm -hmm. stab you in, in your wounds with their stingers. Mm -hmm. And those then swell and obviously stop any sort of bleeding. Ergo, you can like carry that. on. Yeah. Question. Oh, what if... Me. I, I love the bag of bees. Bag of bees. Go on then. I love... I will see you making a Destiny's Child pun. Got it. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> if you've got like five health and you roll and the bees are stinging you and it takes you past your minimum hit points yes what does that mean do you have to death do you have to death save or what are we doing it here? means you are unconscious sir so oh yes that is the risk i see now obviously okay. you take those also the risk is as well let's say you roll you roll your 5d4 right and mm -hmm. every single one's a four now this is very unlikely but you take all of that damage and mm -hmm. then you roll your 5d8s right mm -hmm. that could potentially just be a load of ones and you only heal five five damage that's so what happens it. when you yeah when you, you leave it's your a risk reward. But, yeah, exactly but what it does is it also signifies that because this is a fey lord that we're talking here it signifies that potentially treacherous kind of risk reward thing of going into the fey wild blah blah mm -hmm. blah and you know you also whenever you leave the fey wild so this druid gets this item you leave mm -hmm. the fey wild and there is the potential for you to forget everything that happened in there if you remember on our Feywild episode when we were yes. doing the plane stuff. So you could go out and go, what the fuck is this bag? It's full of bees! Why is it full of bees? <laughs> like the world's worst hangover. Just waking yeah. up with a fucking sack of bees. Bag of bees. I love it. Jesus. I, I actually, I can't stop saying it. Bag of bees, bag of bees, bag of bees. Sorry. Can you just, could you use it as an attack? You just open it and see what happens. No, I see. I because I don't want to do it as a. Um, I like I like making these things less attacky, basic thing. You know what I mean? Like, and mm -hmm. druids also have spells that can do that. You know what I mean? Like summon animal companions or whatever it is. Fair um, enough. So they've already got that in the in the bag of mm -hmm. bees. Oh, I just love it. I love it so right. much. Yeah, um, oh. it's also taken a little bit of inspiration from. Um, there is an item called the sack of, of wasps. No, <laughs> that's the that's the higher level one. Um, <laughs> no, it's called a bag of tricks, right? Which is a bag where you can basically it's full of little fluff balls that you throw out and they become animals. So it's a little bit like that. I think I've heard of that. I think that was on what's that spell? Once upon a time. Yeah, we've we've no we've actually experienced this in uh, in our campaign that oh, we've played. That's, that. that's where. That's where it is. There oh. you go. Go on then, Sam. What's what's your right. item? It is the cloak of convincing. Because if there's anything a hippie freak that lives in the woods needs right now, it's something to make people listen to him. <laughs> no, I like <clears> it. <throat> it's a good commentary on our social political climate. Oh, it is. But, you know, naturally I've sort of fucked it up with a bit of a weird law. Anyway, I'll let you be the judge. <laughs> go on then. Okay, ready? Yeah. Nobody quite knew why the entire staff at Delbrook Mine had suddenly stopped production, plunging the nearby mountain ranges into an eerie silence, but one day, they did. The supervisor wandered among his workers, demanding an answer and expecting some kind of strike-based union demands, but found none. Instead, his workers explained that the mine 
which had been carved into the side of the mountain for a number of years, was no longer safe, and they must cease operation immediately. When the supervisor maintained that this was nonsense and they should get back to work, the workers rounded on him and beat him to death. <laughs> Months later... <laughs> told you. <ya. laughs> yep. Months later, when the workers were confronted, they all claimed to have no memory of this incident. Although one young orphan boy who used to play by the mine's entrance reported seeing a woman who resembled his long-dead mother leaving the mine before it stopped production. Months later, a large company of fishermen decided to spontaneously scupper their entire fleet of fishing vessels, halting the operations for nearly a year, while the company was left on the verge of bankruptcy. <clears throat> Not many of the locals minded, since the company had long overfished the rivers and seas, leaving many of the local fishermen broke and out of work. No one was ever brought to justice, although there are mixed reports from a nearby brothel of a handsome man of varying descriptions, leaving the docks shortly after the boats began to sink, some of them taking the fishermen to the depths along with them. Oh. Reports are endless. But some favourites include the industrial loggers found hacked to pieces with their own saws and axes, seemingly by their own hand. One surviving, albeit dazed, workman reported seeing his estranged mother leaving the forest shortly before the madness massacre ensued. Logging in the forest was outlawed soon after, as many thought the woods to be cursed. Another report tells of a banker, choked to death after eating 156 gold pieces. Her secretary saw her husband leaving the banker's office shortly before the death, but the report was rubbished at the time, as her husband was at work on the other side of the city. Finally, we have the tale of Artemis Trill, a successful armourer for a large roving army, found encased in armour, trapped in his own furnace. Shortly before dying, Trill told investigators that it was his son who convinced him to lock himself inside the furnace. But this couldn't be true, as Artemis' son had died in combat years before. You liking this so far? Yeah. Are you intrigued? Good. I am intrigued. If nothing... If nothing else, these reports suggested the work of some skilled sorcerer or Janassi with a sixth sense of humour. Both are half right. All these are occurrences of the work of druid, dwarf and environmentalist activist Lancaster Elm. 10 out of 10 for name in there. And his cloak of convincing. The cloak, believed to be an early project of tabaxi cobbler Falacia Tabernus, creator of the uh, bootlaces from a couple yeah. of episodes ago, is an ingenious if a little disturbing device. It allows the wearer to convince people looking at them to do just about anything by altering their own appearance to resemble the person they desire most in the world. However, as with most of Taberna's creations, there is a catch, because as you remember, her stepdad is a uh, demonic lord or something like that. The bigger the request or the lie, the bigger the cost. A whole team of miners stopped mining, but only after they killed their boss. The logging company stopped and the forest saved, but only after the crew killed each other. So basically, you put this cloak on, and whoever you're talking to, it looks like the person they you desire most. Sure. You see, so they can convince yeah, yeah, yeah. them to do anything. So what are, is that? Is that end of law? Are we? Are we in? Are That's we in? the end of the law, mechanically okay. speaking. Yeah. What do you think of the law? First of all, I like it. I mean, it, it, I like the fact. I have a question. Does everybody have to be dead that it convinces them? Oh, Not no, really. Banker. No, because the banker and, and his and his yeah, her. I like that by the as well. I'm just gonna eat coins till I die. <laughs> <laughs> so mechanically speaking, yes. it raises the wearer's charisma by ten. 
Okay, right. Well, that's insane in itself. Yeah. But, but, I, yeah. I thought that. Okay. I, I thought you'd say yeah. that. But you'll need to talk to your DM about A, the price of wearing it. So yeah. your DM will have to write in, okay, you convinced the teacher to give up crack, but then the whole nursery dies. That for example. Seems... <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I'm not sure if having a teacher on crack is any better than the whole nursery dying anyway. <laughs> I feel like that's distinctly likely. <laughs> Poor example. Yeah. Um, you also you, there's, you also have to wear it sparingly. Right. Um, it does come at a price. Uh, wearing it over an in-game hour will result in two points of psychic damage every in-game half hour after that because the disguised player forgets who they are because everyone is treating Ooh, them like... Oh, I like that. Yeah, because yeah. if you remember the brothel, there was all different reports of a handsome man, so it's all different reports of what they find most desirable. Right. Oh, I like that a lot. That's really good. So it's almost like, as well as the, the external is actually affecting your internal psyche, mm -hmm. that I like a lot. So after, so what are we talking about? I'm, just going, I'm trying to do the maths on like a 24-hour period of wearing this quote. So can you wear it but not activate it if you know what I mean no you have to keep it rolled up in your bag oh you have to don it and and take it off right okay see that's good that's up, that's yeah. a real that's a real sort of you've got to think about doing this and why you want to do it I like that I like that one a lot man that's really good thank you excelente excelente I like the fact that it is all about um, environmental issues there yeah I think yeah because I, the way I thought he puts this on he goes around and that's that's his thing and that's his sort of that's as druidy as I could make it, really. I thought yeah, trying no. to think outside the box for that one. No, it's good. I like it. Very fun. Especially if... Does it have to be natural, for lack of a better term, like a natural cause that it's, it's there for? Not necessarily. I just thought that, like, a druid... Yeah, all right, hippie. Cool. Yeah, we like saving the planet, but we also like being warm. So, I right, like okay. He'd it's, want something that would it, it lends itself well to a kind of unpopular but necessary cause. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's uh, Thanos could have done with this sort of thing. Yeah, he just puts it on and goes, "Look, half of you have got to die. I don't make the rules; I just abide by them." That's the name uh, of the book. Goes, yeah, all right, that's fair enough. Yeah. Done. Okay, okay, mum, slay me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That's terrible. All right, mm -hmm. so uh, that is the Enchanter's Corner. This was Druids. Shall mm -hmm. we call Last Orders? Call Last Orders. Play the jingle. Play the jingle, bag of bees! <laughs> <laughs> Last Orders! Last Orders! Last Orders! Where do Druids go to drink? Don't to disturb druids. a Druid while he's drinking. I just like the letter D. How about this, right? Because okay. um, so this place is specifically known for its honeyed mead. 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 Ooh, okay. Uh, it's called Sweet Little Hole. No, oh, no, it's not called that. It's called the Sweet Shop. Oh God, that's better. <laughs> um, and it is run by oh, Tibulus Candy, who is. A Tabaxi. very, very overweight. I'm going to go very overweight tiefling with massive horns, right? And I'll tell you for why. He can't leave the shop. It, well, that as well. <laughs> yes, he really can't. He can't. Oh, get if out. only I figured out how to turn my head sideways. 
<laughs> on his horns, each side, he has honey pots. Or donuts, or both. Or both. Oh, that's it, right? It's 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 over the oh, it's confectionery, mm -hmm. and and he serves it by basically just turning his head one way or the other. I love that. Yeah, he, he never he's always got his hands in his pockets, right? He never really Which actually is filled with filled with honey. He's always sticky. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I can't touch the grasses. I've got to use my horns. <laughs> it's just broken crockery everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. But nobody really cares because it's really always, entertaining. He's always knocking shit over. He, he mainly he mainly sells um, items which have holes in them. So Cups donuts, without handles. Yep, donuts, bagels, um, pizzas with holes in the middle, pizza polos. holes, polos, um, and also obviously honeyed mead. But I, I presume he's got his own. He's he's. He's obviously contracted um, some other dwarves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's contracted some dwarves to make him make make his own uh, serving things, right? That just work with his horns. <laughs> like a weird ye old Doctor Octopus, but yeah, I love it. That's brilliant. I, th I think it's great. I mean, I go there. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the inside. What's the outside look, and where is it? Right? Is this? Are we talking? It's a. It's a fucking massive beehive with a very small door oh that i like that i like it yeah. is it's shaped similar to a beehive type thing uh mm. it's probably very cosmopolitan so we're talking like within the within a giant city it's a very up and coming bar you know what i mean it's like these themed bars that we see again and again and again and they kind of mm -hmm. everybody gets very excited to begin with and it's like oh yeah have you been to that bar i've been one it was probably always want to drink there whatever kind of thing yeah it's kind of like I, I imagine there's like he wants to kind of like Hansel and Gretel he wants to get you in and keep you eating so you can like him never leave <laughs> and he's got like a very expensive bed and breakfast upstairs <laughs> nice that I like <laughs> alright <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, let's end this madness as always guys thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the show please do share it with those who you would like to get into the game or anybody who is enjoying the game already and you think would enjoy what we do here. Uh, if you could and would be so kind and have the time or a chronomancer around and time is irrelevant for you, please do leave us a review on iTunes or whichever podcasting-based platform that you're listening on. Uh, this basically helps other, other people find our show, so we would really appreciate it. Um, that's all from me. As always, roll well. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Remember that hooker from a couple of weeks ago? Oh, I got another one. I got another one. Mm, you want something glazed and bad for you? Mm. <laughs> Say goodbye. Bye. <laughs>